Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to Underneath the Clothes with Chelsea. I'm a business and life coach, strengths finder coach, and the owner of Chelsea's Boutique. Each episode, my goal is to inspire and empower you to take control of your life and business. Being an entrepreneur for over a decade has taught me a lot of fun but often hard lessons. I've gained a ton of knowledge in almost all realms of owning and operating a business, and I know I can help you save money and grow your profit all while working less and taking control over your business instead of it controlling you. In today's episode, I'm joined by Haley Samuelson, and I have to tell you guys, I am really excited for this. Haley is going to talk about why StrengthsFinder is so important in your business, and I'll share with you how taking this personality assessment actually helped me realize why I was starting to really hate my business for about a year and a half, something you may just relate to. I cannot wait to dive more into this topic, but first, here's a quick background on Haley. In 2016, Haley became certified by the Gallup organization as a strengths coach, and in 2017, founded Haley Samuelson Coaching, an organization focused on helping leaders and teams discover and leverage the unique behaviors and talents that exist within them. Utilizing the Clifton Strengths Finder and decades of Gallup research on human behavior and business performance, as well as tools and resources from many other organizations, she collaborates with clients to design, develop, and execute coaching and personal development strategies that are unique to the needs of each person and organization. She offers executive coaching, leadership and team development, talent development, and succession planning strategy, plus various other coaching and consulting services. Although Haley is deeply passionate about helping others reach their fullest potential, her all-time favorite job is that of wife to Philip and mom to Jack and Caleb. They keep her on her toes and they are her greatest blessings. Together, they live on an acreage in rural Runner, South Dakota. Haley, thank you so much for being with us here today. Yeah, I am so excited to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course. This is going to be fun. I'm really excited. If you guys cannot tell in my voice, I'm like over here like vibrating with an <laughs> excitement. <laughs> so Haley, for those that are listening that have never heard of Clifton Strengths Finder before, can you give a quick overview of exactly what it is and what does a strengths coach do? Absolutely. Thanks. So the Clifton Strengths Finder is an assessment that was developed at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln decades ago after a ton of research by a gentleman by the name of Don Clifton, who is regarded now as uh, the grandfather of positive psychology. He believed really, really strongly that the medical model was something that needed to be turned on its head. Our way of looking at people and our way of looking at health and success was really uh, much more about weakness fixing, which just rubbed him the wrong way. His ideology was completely uh, built around this sense of we really need to be focusing on and studying the excellence in people's lives and what's causing that rather than constantly trying to fix brokenness. And so he's a man after my own heart and um, many other um, devotees of StrengthsFinder as well. I love that you said focusing on the strengths because it's so true. I feel like as a culture, it's like, what are your weaknesses? Let's focus on them. Let's turn them into a strength instead of a weakness. But through StrengthsFinder, it's so much different. It's so much deeper. Like, let's figure out what your strengths are. Let's focus on those. Let's build those up. Let's make sure you're living life in those. And that's when you're going to create this extraordinary life. Mm -hmm. Right. And it doesn't mean, I'm often asked, does that mean you just ignore areas of weakness? Absolutely not. But what the research tells us is that trying to pour into being something you're not simply doesn't work. 
that's why Strengths Finder has been so powerful for so many millions of people is that it really helps you a identify strengths, which many people I meet are well into adulthood and have never done that mm -hmm. or have never had help doing that. So once you identify that, you can really live into it, which is um, an amazing experience. Yeah. So as a Strengths Finder coach, what exactly does that look like? Yes, thanks. So the um, StrengthsFinder research essentially showed that every human being has um, a very specific and unique dispersion of giftedness or talent across 34 different themes of talent. There's a 1 in 33 million chance that someone's going to share your exact top five. Um, I don't know if you guys heard that. Order. 1 in 33 million <laughs> So if you don't think you're unique, you are very unique. Let's just let's just put that out there. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's just so crazy to me. It's to so think important that. to yeah. know and difficult to wrap your head around. Mm -hmm. We we have um, a way of thinking that in general everyone sees the world the same way that we do, and StrengthsFinder absolutely proves that to be um, simply not true. So as a strengths coach, what I do is engage with people a to understand their giftedness. Um, there's a really significant process by which you study uh, your talents, you talk about behaviorally how they show up for you. Perhaps in some ways they get in your way because you don't acknowledge them. So through coaching, we work on those areas. Our objective is always to help you intentionally leverage them to the best of your ability in your work life, in your personal life, in every aspect of life. That's so cool. So there are many different leadership models and skills assessments and personality tests and all these things out there today. Um, why did you choose to become certified in StrengthsFinder? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had used lots of different assessments and there are many, many really good tools out there um, that are used by lots of, of different people for different purposes. I know that the DISC assessment, for example, is a very, very common one. There's actually some alignment between the DISC and some of those color and personality types assessments and the StrengthsFinder. The uniqueness of StrengthsFinder for me um, comes down to the research behind it. That was really important to me that there was behavioral research behind whatever model I was using so that it was grounded in something other than people's opinion. When you're working with um, with people, when you're examining their lives and their giftedness, you really want that to be grounded in something real and authentic, and StrengthsFinder did that. Um, did that for me and for the people I was serving at that time. So that's cool. So at the boutique, we have actually used StrengthsFinder in helping to hire and find the right people to bring into our organization. Um, currently, now we are searching for a general manager, and that is one of the questions we ask um, within the application process because it. I think it kind of opens up, especially when you're looking for something very specific. I know when we we're looking for a brand and content manager one of the things I wanted was strategic in there somewhere, somewhere higher up there because you do have to have some strategy and some of that within you um, to be able to create marketing plans and all of that, right? Um, so we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this podcast. Why do you believe it's important for strengths to be a part of the hiring um, and also the culture of a business and what are the benefits to that? There are so many benefits. I would say first and foremost, when you are managing or leading people, 
you have significant influence over their life and not everyone understands that. So important to understand the powerful, powerful influence we have in people's lives, not just at work, but at home and, and in general as it relates to their well-being. Investing in them in this way is a gift that they can carry for the rest of their life. So just the um, from a developmental perspective, I think that's an incredible thing for organizations to consider as they're building culture. Um, from more of an analytical standpoint, there are lots and lots of bodies of research that point to strengths-based organizations actually being um, higher performing, having higher levels of productivity and profitability, um, definitely ties between strengths-based organizations and um, engagement of both employees and customers. In this particular workforce climate where it seems like... Um, particularly here in the Midwest, but it's a, it's a theme throughout the country, finding enough employees, finding the right employee is uh, seeming to be an increasing challenge. So strengths-based organizations are attractive cultures at a time when we really need that. Mm -hmm. And I think culture, I like that you brought that up because that's something we're seeing more and more of. Like people, especially millennials, they want to be a part of a culture. They want to know that what they're doing is bigger than themselves, is bigger than the job description, is bigger than the work that they're doing. So I think anytime you can implement something like StrengthsFinder into your culture and really feed your employees and say, hey, these, these are the strengths that you're in, but you're not... We, the job description that I have you in or what you're doing isn't in those. So how can we switch switch what you are doing to make sure you are living in those strengths? So I just think that's so important. And um, you can ask the girls at the store, I'm crazy about strengths. I make all my girls take them because I'm like, okay, I want to make sure, you know, you're – I think when you are living in your strengths too, you're so much happier. And when you're so much happier, you're obviously going to be more productive. You're going to love coming to your job more. You're going to treat customers better. So I just, I'm obsessed with it, obviously, if you guys can't tell by now. <laughs> Millennials are <laughs> accused of a lot of things. Some great, some not so yeah. great. But really, at the end of the day, what millennials are doing um, as it relates to culture is really infusing this values-based decision-making mm -hmm. into the world more so than any generation before them. So they absolutely do lead with their values. They're looking for cultures that are in alignment with their values. Yes. Woohoo. Way to go, millennials. <laughs> <laughs> so Haley, you know what my top strengths are because we've worked together before. But for those of you listening, I'm going to name them off here. So um, number one is empathy. Number two is relator number three, developer, number four, includer, and then lastly, my favorite, number five, activator. <laughs> so for those that are unfamiliar with these strengths, can you explain a bit more on each of these and then what they mean for me as a leader? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So your empathy, um, the order of the, of the talent themes of your strengths matters a whole lot. Whatever is your number one is so much a part of who you are as a human being that when people begin a strengths journey, sometimes they have trouble even separating that way of thinking from just their identity. And that says a lot about you, that empathy is your number <laughs> one. <laughs> You're a beautiful soul. It's uh, from a talent perspective, empathy is really, it's a deep, deep ability to sense the emotions, the feelings and the perspectives of others. So you're deeply observant about people. Um, those, what you observe matters in terms of what motivates people, what frustrates people, what um, brings joy to people. You're deeply sensitive to, to those things. 
um, your relator is really about a close inner circle, Chelsea. And that I remember the first time we ever talked about that, you said, yeah, that's me. I mean, I love yeah. people of all <laughs> shapes, sizes, and kinds, but I have my close inner circle and trust matters to me a great deal. And that is um, relator to a T. I once worked with a ex-military uh, gentleman and he listened to me describe relator without saying a word for about 10 minutes. And I finally stopped talking so he would say something and he said, yeah, I, uh, I served in the military with three or four other guys and they are my best friends and I don't need another friend as long as I live. And that's a really extreme example of relator, but definitely it's a focus on deep relationships rather than volume mm -hmm. of relationships. Your developer is a beautiful gift around people honoring development of people. So people gifted in developer are often very, very sensitive and noticing of very slight improvement in performance or very slight growth in other people. You can observe um, developmental growth where other people may miss it because it is so subtle or so slight. So um, there are a lot of teachers and instructors or a lot of people in the learning space who um, have high developer. It is a relationship building gift. And there's a reason for that. That builds relationship when people know how willing you are to invest in their growth and development. And the time I've known you, that is so much a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that having that talent high surprised you at all. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but I actually had a bit of a meltdown when I figured out what my top five were. So... <laughs> Your includer is also a beautiful relationship uh, building gift. And that is, um, I think in your case, it probably um, partners with your empathy in some really neat ways for you. Includer is a, a keen eye toward what's missing. You really want all people, all perspectives, um, to be honored and included as part of a conversation or a decision-making process or a situation. Um, and that looks lots of different ways. Some people with really high includer are uh, missionaries, are deeply, deeply called to sort of bring that includer perspective to the world um, on, a, on a grand scale. Some people with really high includer in the boardroom are just the people who are really keenly aware of what perspective is being overlooked or not being included. And they're the people who will take action to make sure that that's remedied. Your activator, we giggle about that a lot. <laughs> It's not a surprise to anyone who knows no. you well. <laughs> and um, as I was preparing for today, I thought, you know, if we had Chelsea's mom join us, <laughs> she'd probably be able to give us examples of yeah. that activator back to five years old. Uh-huh, probably. <laughs> activator is often seen as um, the spark behind something or the initiator of something. It's a deeply entrepreneurial gift, so your passion for entrepreneurship largely comes out of that place, mm -hmm. I would assume. Um, you do not let grass grow under your feet. When you work with an, a high activator, everyone knows it. It's about quick movement, um, not necessarily um, overly quick movement, but you, you like to get things started. You do not like to talk about it as much as you like to start it. <laughs> it's so true. And... Um, it also brings up some issues sometimes in my relationship with that because 
I, don't, I think activator has to be his bottom one. Like, it has to be down there. And he's way more of, like, has to think about it, and he wants to know the process of it. And, like, well, how are you going to do that? I'm like, I don't care how I'm going to do it. Like, I'm just going to do it. I don't need to talk about how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go and do it. And so it gets me in trouble sometimes, but he brings me back down, and it's a good balance there. But it's so true. I Even when you're saying that, I'm, like, moving back and forth in my seat. Like, I can't ever desist. <laughs> Most couples that I know do have opposite gifts. So what one will have in their top five, the other will often have in their, at least in their bottom 10, if not their bottom five. And that's a natural balancing because we are attracted to what we don't necessarily have or a lens on the world that we don't necessarily, um, that isn't necessarily familiar with us. So that's a great, um, great example of that. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Now that you say that, now I want to know what his bottom five are in So I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I really want to dive into how StrengthsFinder has really changed the trajectory, there we go, we got it, of my life, Um, and how it's really helped create and refuel this new passion and excitement in my life, which is this podcast, which is Underneath the Clothes, and coaching other entrepreneurs and really helping them find um, where are your strengths, what are your gifts, what what do you need to share with the world? And so when I took this um, almost a year ago now, I took the Strengths Finders. And when I came, when I saw the first five, like I said, I um, was a little frustrated by them. I remember going to you and being like, but I'm a business owner and I'm a leader and I should have strategic up high and I should have this. And like, it's also feely-feely and relationship-based. And like, I was so frustrated by this. And you turned to me and you said, actually what you have as a leadership is so unique and it's so special because you're able to connect with people on such a deeper level and you're able to lead them in a way that's different than other people who maybe do have strategy or strategic as high or those other kind of more strategic based um, um, strengths. So um, for me, it really allowed me time to figure out because I was at a point in my life where I was dreading going to work every day. I didn't want to like... I was like, do I sell this store? Like, I'm, I'm tired of it. I don't want to do this anymore. And when I was able to really take a moment and examine why am I feeling this way, like why all of a sudden it's like I'm hating my baby, this baby that I've spent 10 years growing. It's like, oh, you're, you're ugly. I don't like you anymore. You make me feel uncomfortable. I don't like this. And it was really because I was able to look back at my stripes and see that the top four or five were relationship building. And I was spending every day behind a desk. I was, you know, building up our new website and working on marketing plans and doing social media and all these things that, like, I can do, but don't bring me joy. And I'm not, I'm not in those strengths. I'm not living and excited and fueled by what I'm doing anymore. And so I was able to really see that and then start creating lists saying, okay, I don't start creating to do, not to-do lists instead of to-do lists. Like, I have all this stuff on my to-do list, but that doesn't bring me joy that doesn't bring me joy, that doesn't bring me joy, and being able to see those and recognize them and then to get either the right people in place or to say, I don't need to do that anymore. It it doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve my business. It doesn't serve my clientele. We don't need to do it anymore. So I just think strengths finders to me and probably why I'm so passionate about it is because it really changed things for me. It it did ignite this new passion and this new fuel and this new excitement. 
which slowly has turned now into this podcast and coaching and workshops and helping people and building those relationships and developing them and relating to what they're going through and having empathy for their stories and all of that stuff that my strengths finders are so, um, you know, brought me to the realization of, of who I am um, and what my strengths are. So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And knowing your team a bit, you've done a really remarkable job of getting the right person in the right position, which is a hard thing to do. That's heavy lifting to uh, position people properly. So we're meeting the needs of the organization and our customers and all of that, but we're also honoring people's giftedness and mm-hmm. putting people in roles that are life-giving for them and that bring them joy. You've done a unbelievable job of that at Chelsea's. Thank you so much. So I'm curious to know, since, you know, I had a little bit of a breakdown, I know, um, you said when I was in your class for MB, you said, um, you get the first five results and then you're like, don't get the rest of them. Like just, you know, just focus on the five. And I was like, I need to know, I need to know what they are. So like, I think that night I went and bought all the rest of them. I didn't listen to you. Sorry. Um, and I remember seeing, um, communication with me was like number 22. And I was like, are you kidding me? How can I be effective leader when communication is so low for me? Like, Oh, this is terrible. And so I'm just curious to know, um, are there any strengths that you don't have in your top 10 or top five that you wish that you did? Yes. All right. Full disclaimer here, friends. We recorded the beginning of this podcast, then realized something got a little funky. So we are re-recording the ending a few months later. What's kind of cool about that, though, is that since then, I have actually fallen so in love with Clifton Strengths and how much they changed things for me in my business that I also became a Clifton Strengths Finder coach as well. I remember reaching out to Haley and asking her permission first because I respect this lady, you guys, so very much and didn't want to step on her toes. And she wrote me back the sweetest, most supportive email that I was literally crying in my car reading it. So thank you, Haley. All right, back to the episode. So Haley, are there any strengths you don't have in your top 10 that you wish you did? This is actually something Gallup refers to as strengths envy. This is a common, common question. So I do indeed. There is a talent theme called input that I have really low. My husband thankfully has it high, so there's a little bit of influence of it in our household. But input is about having this giftedness around the collection and storage and Um, distribution, um, archiving is sometimes a part of it, of information. So someone with high input never, ever loses an article of interest. They can recall something someone gave them from 10, 15 years ago within a matter of minutes. That is not me. I've tried to have it. I I, I need to just stop with that effort. So that um, that is a giftedness I really envy in others. And I've learned in a team setting that I really benefit from having someone with that gift on my team so that is nice being able to have that person who's kind of an encyclopedia of knowledge that you can just pull from and they're always the ones just nailing it at um trivia night right I am not that person either (laughs) I do not hold on to knowledge very well I worked with a, a woman once who had that gift really high it was her one or two and she could actually she'd sit in a a conference room meeting and later about 30 minutes after we got back to our desks she would send us the best articles from harvard business review or comparable publications great relevant stuff that was just sort of how she saw the world and that was really when i i began to appreciate that gift in others and recognize that it was not a gift for me right (laughs) 
So like I had mentioned when I got my results and had empathy as number one, I was a bit frustrated at first. But can you explain how having more feely type strengths such as empathy and harmony in your top can actually be really great and effective um, in leadership? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if you pay attention to the research on this subject, I think that you will find that overwhelmingly what we're learning about leadership is that emotional intelligence is what matters more than anything, more than experience, more than connections, more than anything. And there are lots of talents that lend themselves to EQ, but things like empathy and harmony, deeply, deeply people-centered gifts are a lot of what drives that. Um, People with those gifts pay attention to what motivates others, what matters to others. Um, Those kinds of things matter in leadership a great deal. Most research uh, for many years will tell you that people-centered leadership is effective leadership, right? Um, Focusing only on outcomes can produce good results for a short time. But if you aren't focusing on your people, um, the the challenges eventually arise in in terms of that. So I think um, I wouldn't even say it's about understanding how empathy and harmony and related gifts can be effective in leadership. I think it's just knowing that they are and understanding um, that those are things not to shy away from, but to leverage and and use um, often and with abandon. I love that. Do you think there is a perfect combination of strengths for leadership? Mm-hmm. I, I get asked this all the time. I actually got a text this morning. One of my colleagues um, said, so here's this person's top five. Can you tell me if they're going to be a good leader or not? <laughs> She's trying to make a hiring decision. And the key, the key folks really um, from a strengths perspective is not about having the perfect magical combination of strengths. The key to great leadership is I understand my strengths. I invest in them in intentional ways. I ask for feedback. I've I've improved my relationship with feedback. Most of us don't like feedback much, um, but if we work on that, we start to understand that feedback is really so much of our success because we can't rely only on ourselves to see how we're doing as leaders, right? So um, I think it's it's much more about the perfect combination or the perfect top five. I don't know that that exists. Um, much less about that and much more about um, I understand my gifts. I have confidence in my gifts. Um, I have mechanisms in place to know how I did and did I come across the way that I intended to. Um, those kinds of things are really what set you up for success rather than I have the perfect top five. That completely makes sense. And I think when you are using them in a hiring sense, it's maybe even better to look at them as compared to your entire team. Like, where is your entire team fitting? I know when we had you come and do this with our team, you were like, you're very heavy in relationship building, but we need a little bit more maybe in strategic. So, you know, knowing that moving forward, like, oh, maybe we do need to find someone that has a little bit more strategic and actually executing because we have all these great ideas, but no one who's really following through and carrying them out for us. Sure, sure. And another common... um, area like that would be influencing traits. So we know that influencing traits are the least common of all of the 34 talent themes. Often people see their team grids for the first time and say, oh my gosh, no one has anything in influencing. What are we going to do? Well, in reality, you can influence with relationship building traits or with strategic thinking traits. In my particular case, I use my responsibility, which is an executing trait to 
uh, build relationships with people, to follow through, to do what I say I would do. And eventually over time, that becomes an influencing giftedness, right? So it isn't, um, I think the core of strengths philosophy is really this idea that we use what we have rather than coveting what others have or trying to become something we're not. Mm -hmm. I think that really is just to wrap it up, like, the more you know your strengths and exactly how to implement them, the better off you'll be in any role, whether it is leadership or management or anything else. Absolutely. Knowing that you've been created with beautiful, unique gifts and that your best opportunity for success is to understand those and to use those. Yes. Haley, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your gifts and strengths with us. Please let everyone know where they can connect with you. Yes, absolutely. If you'd like to know more about uh, me and the work that I do, please find me on Facebook or on LinkedIn at Haley Samuelson Coaching. I'd love to continue the conversation. All right, friends, your action step of the week. If you haven't taken the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment yet, do it. You can purchase the Clifton Strengths Finder book anywhere where books are sold, and inside will be a code to use on their website to access the assessment. If you have Activator in your top five like me and are wanting to take this immediately, you can head on over to gallopstrengthcenter.com and take the quiz directly from there without the hardcover book. And if you have taken this assessment, share your top five with me. I totally nerd out on this stuff, so I'd love to hear from you. Take a screenshot of this podcast and upload to Instagram or Facebook with the tag at underneath the clothes. Which one surprised you and which ones made so much sense? I'll make sure to link the site in the show notes along with Haley's information and how to get connected with her. Know a fellow woman entrepreneur who needs to hear this message? Did something we say really resonate with you? I'd love for you to share this episode or leave me a review on iTunes. The more reviews I receive, the more this message can reach others. I'm so grateful to you for listening. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Your quote of the week. There is no effective way to empower people than to see each person in terms of his or her own strengths.